Welcome to the Real Estate Lowdown. I'm your host, Bill Bymel. The Real Estate Lowdown is your weekly opportunity to step into the conversations going on in today's real estate and mortgage markets. We explore terms and concepts of the industry, host interviews of intriguing industry cohorts from high net worth investors to real estate agents just making their mark. We will share our love of all things real estate, bringing you the most innovative and sustainable real estate lifestyle ideas each and every week. If you enjoy what you hear today, hit the follow button, subscribe so you don't miss an episode, and please share your support with a quick review. You can find me on the web at billbymel.com, and thanks for joining this episode of the Real Estate Lowdown. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Lowdown. I'm your host, Bill Bymel. You know, I hear from many of you either directly or I bump into folks, friends of mine that listen to the podcast, and I have to just once again acknowledge each and every one of you who have become a dedicated, loyal listener of the Real Estate Lowdown. I know I have the perfect voice for radio, and I won't joke that I have the perfect face for podcasting, but I will tell you it is an honor to be heard and to be listened to and to have my work acknowledged by my by my fo- friends and colleagues in the industry. This real estate lowdown is really meant to be on the cutting edge of where real estate and financial markets are, investing, win-win investing. You know that's my style. And and even more importantly, we do our Real Tidbit series. That's today's episode. As a matter of fact, we sit here in the summer of 2023. We just celebrated our one-year anniversary a month ago. The podcast is off to a flying start. And one of the key elements that makes this podcast unique is the encyclopedia of real estate terms, financial terms, mortgage definitions that we are starting to create here on the Real Estate Lowdown. The Real Tidbit series does just that. So as you're searching through old episodes and maybe want to educate yourself a little bit about some of the terms that you hear used quite often in my podcasts, whether in interviews or conversations with folks or myself, you'll see a lot of those terms and those topics I will jump deeper into on an individual basis in the Real Tidbit series. So, for instance, if you're sitting listening to conversations about escrow and you're like, well, you know, I always wondered what escrow really means, we have a Real Tidbit series on it where we spent about 15, 20 minutes talking about the different ways that the word escrow relates to real estate, mortgage finance, and transactions that we all are interested in. So enough of that. Let's talk about today's real tidbit. Today's real tidbit after over a year of doing this podcast, as someone who came up in the world of of real estate investing, primarily as a REO broker in the early days, most I realized that 
a lot of folks don't even know what REO means. You know, <laughs> I know some of my friends outside the industry, the only REO they know is REO Speedwagon. It was a great music group. But REO actually stands for real estate owned. And you'll hear a lot of conversations about REO properties, primarily as it relates to corporate banks or institutional investors. Real estate owned is how those people in the banking system and lending system refer to the properties that they end up owning because they've had to foreclose or take a deed in lieu or, or whatnot. Now, in more recent years, you've also heard the term used in what's known as an REO rental strategy or an REO to rent strategy. And that's because a new type of institutional investor, you may have heard of companies called Invitation Homes or American Homes for Rent, or there are several others out there that have gone out on a corporate scale and bought properties to rent them, to really inst to try to institutionalize the single-family residential rental market. It's one of the few markets of real estate that still is very much mom-and-pop oriented up until the last 10 years when you saw the invitation homes, American Home for Rent, and many other smaller entities come in and buy thousands and thousands of REO properties. And in those cases, they remain REO properties. But but let's talk about REO in the traditional sense of the world word. So anybody can use the term. It's not just limited to being a bank or a lender or an institution. If you are a small note investor, and even if you are the bank in that case, you are the lender. So your entity, when it takes a property back through foreclosure or a deed in lieu or some other negotiated transaction, or maybe you buy it from another corporate group, then you as that private investor through your LLC are calling it your REO property. And those of us who are investing in acquiring assets through the secondary market, you know, where we're buying pools of stuff from larger sellers, banks or lenders, you might mix, there might, you might be bidding on pools of non-performing loans. And inside of those pools are a few REO meaning the bank has already foreclosed, but for one reason or another, they're not, you know, they don't want to take it all the way. Maybe there's an eviction that still has to happen. Just because a property becomes REO doesn't mean you have possession of it as the bank. Post foreclosure sale, depending upon the states, some states require six-month or one-year redemption periods. So even if you own it as an REO, states like Michigan, for instance, you might not be able to evict or really take possession for a, a number of months or even a year. And that's why you see REO properties falling into NPL trades. 
It's also not uncommon that I'll bid a pool of non-performing loans and there's 50 loans in the pool and I bid it in, say, July. I might not close this transaction until September, August or September. And by the time that transaction closes, properties may have gone in from a non-performing state into an REO state. So just a couple of things to keep in mind when you hear us talking about REO. So the re- there's a couple of things also to think about, you know, knowing, you know, to think about when it comes to REO. Remember, this is real estate owned. So this is where a the title to the property is now being held in the name of the bank or the lender or the institution, the LLC, that can ultimately control it. They may not have possession, but they own title to the real estate. When it stops becoming a loan and starts becoming title to the property, the lenders now call it their REO. Another way to look at this is also to consider a few things about REOs. The term REO, you know, the lends itself to a couple of expectations. Okay. And, and, and just in general. Okay. I want you to think about this as you're thinking. In general, an REO property that's owned by a bank or an institution, I'm not, I'm excluding those that are doing it for rental purposes as a strategy, but I'm talking about mostly a, an entity or an LLC that has taken a title back through a foreclosure or a deed in lieu of foreclosure or an auction or, you know, trustee sale or something like that. So keep in mind that the most corporations and banks and institutions, they usually have, they think they're supposed to have a lower cost basis in the loan than what the real estate is worth. In theory, they're not supposed to be lending at 100% of the value. So even when a property does go REO, in theory, you should be getting back the full value of your loan. Maybe you'd have to take a little bit of a loss if somehow it took longer and now, you know, the accrued interest or whatever. But a lot of that's fictitious. Your initial investment should be gotten back. What you don't want to do and what all banks and lenders are mostly not interested in is spending more money on these properties, right? So they don't want the added responsibility of upkeep and the management and the ongoing costs. You know, these can be a good opportunity for investors to buy because of the as-is, where-is condition often associated with these properties. So when you hear REO, there should be already an added assumption that it's going to be an as-is sale. And so the current condition of the property when valuing REO plays a big role. Now, this is different than how we treat our REO. We're investors. We look to maximize our dollar value. So as private equity investors, I might spend money on my REO post foreclosure because I see the value in selling that, you know, to the open market at full retail. Now, but most banks in general, and traditional real estate transactions that involve an REO property, they will be, they're somewhat off-putting to some folks. So the retail buyer that wants to walk in with a house ready to move in, REO properties are not, probably not for them, right? Because, you know, it, most often an R, a foreclosure property is going to be a property that where the homeowner wasn't giving 
enough attention or maybe, you know, let the property go into deferred maintenance mode. And the bank's certainly not going to spend money to, to fix it up. This could bring down the price and, and obviously offer some opportunity. You know, the other thing that happens with these REO properties is, you know, title becomes a, a marketable title becomes very important. I've actually seen competitors of mine. We've actually been stuck in a situation where ourselves where we thought we had foreclosed on a property only to find that there was something incorrectly done in the foreclosure process that created a cloud on our title. And we had to actually reopen the foreclosure or go deal with that other lien holder in order to clear and create marketable title. So title plays a role in REO properties. And so in general, you have to be more of a patient buyer, which lends itself probably more to the in, in, you know, the institutions or the investor. You know, keep in mind that lending institutions and, you know, banks, even if you're a small private equity investor like our, ourselves, who, who prides ourselves on high touch, you know, we usually can get deals done faster than anyone in the industry, but we still have to go through a process. So most banks, and when you're dealing with a bank in an REO property, you might have multiple properties that parties that have to sign off on, on stuff, the servicer, the lender, you know, if it's an agency loan, a Fannie Freddie loan, you might have a further approvals up the line. You know, you've got corporate RE escrow officers that are handling hundreds, dozens, if not hundreds of properties for the bank. And then, you know, a bank might have its own internal procedures. So, you know, the process might be a little more cumbersome and complicated when you're dealing in the purchase of REO property as a, you know, as an end user. That said, it is a, you know, it's a great opportunity for folks to to acquire as is deals at a discount. So, you know, I hear REO, that kind of perks my ears because I know I can derive value. Well, I think that kind of puts you through the basics of REO property. You know, it's, it's stuff that ends up back in the hands of the banks because it didn't sell at the foreclosure sale steps or the homeowner wasn't able to sell it, you know, at a short sale or anything like that. There are several portals maintained by mortgage invest, the major mortgage investors and big, big institutions that allow you as individual investors to go in and, and look at the inventory of REO properties, link through to the local broker and go take a look at them. If you want interested in Fannie Mae properties, there's a website called HomePath. You just Google Fannie Mae HomePath. And then there's Freddie Mac, which is another GSE that's the GSEs and the federal government are the largest investors and holders of mortgage paper in this country. So by just sheer elimination, process of elimination, you're obviously going to have the largest number of properties at those REO shops. So Freddie Mac's REO page is called Homesteps, homesteps.com. You, the FHA sells stuff through its HUD home store. That's hudhomestore.gov. The VA loans are sold through a, a third-party outsourcing firm called VRM Properties, vrmproperties.com. And, you know, that's those are just a couple of ideas if you're a retail investor want to get you dip your toe into the world of REO. So the pros 
like once again, just to recap, the pros of buying REO properties obviously are low price. You know, the you've got a motivated seller very often. You know, the cons are your these are as is sales that could require expensive repairs. And I've even seen it that the banks will sell the REO properties with with tenants in place, including in many cases the original borrowers, because they just don't want to deal with the eviction or the redemption period. So, you know, you really need to tread lightly. The REO properties are for the sophisticated investor, but it's also a source of real opportunity. And you're going to start to hear of commercial REO by the dozens in the coming months. Commercial REO is going to means that, you know, office buildings. I mean, I know of cases right now of office buildings in downtown metros, major metros in the city where friends of mine that are real estate brokers are also trustees and they are getting calls every day for opportunities to become the third party manager for the bank who's just been handed back the keys to a downtown building. So, Anyways, that's our tidbit for today. If you like what you hear on the Real Estate Lowdown, I please hope you'll subscribe and join the family. Stick with us. Next week, we will have another exciting interview with one of our real estate brokers. And lo and behold, we'll be talking about REO. So (laughs) look forward to hearing that in the coming weeks. And you'll hear the term REO more and more as foreclosures increase in the market. If you like what you hear, please subscribe. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking to the Real Estate Lowdown. My name is Bill Bymel, and I'll see you next one. That's a wrap of today's episode of the Real Estate Lowdown. I enjoy bringing this content to you each and every week, and I really appreciate you tuning in. If you haven't already done so, please share the Real Estate Lowdown or any episode, any favorite episode with your friends, family, and you know, if you don't mind, leave a positive review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Remember to follow us so you don't do get notified every time a new episode is released. Love to hear from you directly at billbymel.com. Till then, see you next time.